Hey everyone, it's Pacific. First, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone who joined us for our community night last week. It was a lot of fun getting to chat with you and playing some games. If you missed last week, that's okay, we have more coming up soon. For more information on what day, what platform, and what game we'll be playing, check out our Patreon or stay tuned to our social media. If you don't follow us on social media, you can find a link to all of our different accounts in the show notes below. Second, tomorrow is the first of a series of Q&As that we're doing with the staff. The first person up is Tom, our composer. So if you have any questions about how he makes the music for SCP, or all the other podcasts that he's made music for, or just what games he plays, make sure you check out our Patreon, or Discord, or any other social media channel. If you have questions for him, send them in, I'll make sure they get to the right place. And last, but certainly not least, this week's patrons. I want to give a big shout out to Matt Darden, Brittany Glancy, Wes Davis, Danielle Williams, Morgan Holthouse, and Gwyneth Jones. Thanks guys, I appreciate it. And if you're interested in hearing your name at the beginning of the show, or in getting access to ad-free and bonus episodes, find us at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And just as a quick side note, last week we had, I think, perhaps my favorite bonus episode to date. It was read by the wonderful Graham Rowett. You may know him from the No Sleep podcast, or perhaps from episode 682, where he played the Crocodile Monster. Graham's a super talented actor, and last week he narrated a chilling story about the end of the world. If you're interested in checking it out, make sure you find us on Patreon. And without further ado, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Welcome to SCIPnet Direct Access Terminal. Please enter command. Please enter user authentication. Authentication accepted. Please enter command. You are attempting to access a security level 4 top secret file. Please note that access to this file is restricted to personnel with level 4 security clearance directly in contact with SCP-2317. Continuing without proper authorization will result in disciplinary action up to and including immediate termination of life. Information regarding your access to this file, including the date, time, and location, will be reported to the Records and Information Security Administration. If you wish to continue, please re-enter your user authentication now. Warning! Incorrect authentication. You have 60 seconds to enter the correct user authentication or security personnel will be summoned to your location. Warning! Incorrect authentication. Authentication accepted. 
Please enter your project-specific personnel identification number. PSPIN accepted. Please look into the camera for a retinal identification scan. Incorrect orientation. Please align the pupils of your eyes with the guidelines indicated on the secondary screen and try again. Thank you. The time and date of your access to this file has been logged and reported to the Records and Information Security Administration. Username, Dr. Title, Senior Supervising Researcher. Displaying SCP-2317 Clearance Level 4. Item Number SCP-2317 Object Class Keter Special Containment Procedures SCP-2317 is to be secured at Containment Area 179 in a reinforced 3-meter by 3-meter by 3-meter containment chamber. Armed guards are to be placed at all times in order to prevent unauthorized access to the facility. All personnel assigned to SCP-2317 must rotate out for one month of psychological counseling after two months on site. Personnel assigned to SCP-2317 must undergo heavy psychological testing before being cleared to enter the site. Individuals must score at least 72 points on the milligram obedience examination, be unmarried, have no offspring, and express nothing less than total loyalty to the Foundation. While on site, individuals assigned SCP-2317 will be issued concealing helmets with integrated voice changers to protect their identity. On-site staff are not to remove said uniforms in the presence of other staff members. Off-duty hours are to be spent in private quarters alone. One staff member with security clearance 4-2317 will be assigned each month as Class D personnel in order to act as assistant to the primary celebrant. Personnel without security clearance of level 4 or higher will be told that the assistant is a D-class personnel chosen from a normal pool of Class D candidates. All persons directly involved with Procedure 220 Calabasas are to be informed of this fact. No personnel should be authorized to assist with Procedure 220 Calabasas without first being clearly briefed that the assistant is not, in fact, a Class D personnel and should not be terminated in the event that they disobey direct orders from the guards. Description SCP-2317 is a wooden door and frame originally constructed as a basement door for a 19th century Massachusetts brownstone. Upon opening the door, any person stepping through the door frame will be transported to an alternate reality. Exploration of the alternate reality, SCP-2317-Prime, is limited, but the area directly accessible through SCP-2317 is a salt pan several kilometers in radius. A circle of seven pillars, SCP-2317-A through SCP-2317-G, are positioned in a 10-meter diameter circle approximately 10 meters directly in front of SCP-2317. Each pillar is approximately 1 meter in diameter and 7 meters tall, constructed of marble and engraved with a series of intricate base reliefs. The art style of the engravings do not correspond to that of any known modern, historic, or prehistoric civilization. SCP-2317-A through G extend 200 meters below the surface of the sand and into SCP-2317-H. 
SCP-2317-H is a spherical space 100 kilometers in diameter located directly underneath SCP-2317-A through G, lined with the same stone used to construct SCP-2317-A through G. Contained within SCP-2317-H is SCP-2317-K, hereafter referred to as Entity. The following information has been inferred through seismic analysis and ground-penetrating radar, as well as direct observation. Entity appears to be an obese human-like creature of immense proportions. Estimated height if fully erect is over 200 kilometers. Horns resembling tree branches sprout from its head, which lacks a lower jaw. Entire body is covered in millions of overlapping plate-like scales. Seven heavy hooks are embedded in the entity's back. Each one attached to a heavy steel chain connected to the lower end of one of seven pillars embedded in the ceiling of the chamber. At the time of the writing of this document, six of the seven pillars or chains have been broken or damaged, and only one chain remains intact. Addendum 2317-1 Procedure 220 Calabasas is a ritual to be performed at solar noon each day. Defined as the movement where the sun reaches its height over SCP-2317. Performing Procedure 220 Calabasas requires the following. 2. Armed Foundation Security Personnel with Security Clearance of Level 3 or higher, hereafter referred to as Guards. 1. Foundation Personnel with Security Clearance of Level 4, hereafter referred to as Celebrant. 1. Class D Personnel as specified under Special Containment Procedures, hereafter referred to as Assistant. 1. Live Male Gallus Domesticus, Preferably caged to prevent complications during transport to SCP-2317 Prime. Hereafter, referred to as Chicken. 1. Obsidian Edge Knife. Hereafter, referred to as Blade. 1. Silver Aspergillium and Aspersorium. Filled with at least 500 cc's of holy water blessed by a priest of Abrahamic faith. 1. Kiloton level nuclear device to be detonated in case of catastrophic containment failure. Celebrant. Guard and Assistant, open SCP-2317, step through, and enter SCP-2317 Prime. Assistant will enter first, followed by Guards, followed by Celebrant. Guards will, at all times, maintain situational awareness of Assistant, and should be prepared to prevent escape by deadly force. Beginning with the pillar closest to and in line with SCP-2317, SCP-2317-A, Celebrant circumambulates SCP-2317-A through SCP-2317-G, proceeding counterclockwise at an even and measured pace. At every other step, Celebrant will scatter holy water, using the Aspergillium and Aspersorium in the direction of the circle's center. Upon completing one circumambulation of SCP-2317-A through G, Celebrant scatters holy water over the head of the assistant and recites the following phrase. Seven seals, seven rings, seven thrones for the Scarlet King. Celebrant then moves to a safe distance away from Assistant, who will take the obsidian knife and use it to kill the chicken provided as sacrifice. Blood will be drained from the chicken and added to the aspersorium, then stirred to mix with the holy water already contained within. Assistant then circumambulates SCP-2317-A through G in a clockwise direction, scattering the mixture of blood and holy water in the direction of the circle's center. Upon completing one circumambulation of SCP-2317-A through G, 
Assistant walks to the center of the circle of stones and pours the remaining mixture of blood and water onto the discolored patch of salt and sand in the center, while reciting the following phrase. Blood for the old gods, water for the new king. All materials are gathered up. The obsidian knife is secured, and all personnel return through SCP-2317, which is subsequently closed. Failure at any point to properly perform Procedure 220 Calabasas may result in an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. Should any mishap or failure occur, all personnel are to return immediately through SCP-2317, closing the door behind them. The containment chamber will be immediately locked down, and a Level 2 emergency declared and reported to the O5 Council. Further instruction will be provided to on-site personnel according to Emergency Order Zachariah and may include detonation of on-site nuclear warhead. Addendum 2317-2 History SCP-2317 was first discovered in 1922 by Object was subsequently moved to what was then called Provisional Containment Area 17. Object was moved to Containment Area 179 in 1982 where it remains as of the writing of this article. When initially discovered, four of the seven chains were broken and three were intact. The breaking of the fifth chain and corresponded directly to a event in our world. The sixth chain was broken and was also coincident in a much more severe event. Eventually resulting in the deaths of two million persons. Analysis of supplementary texts retrieved at the time of containment pointed to Procedure 220 Calabasas as an effective means of maintaining containment until an effective means of repairing or reattaching said chains can be discovered. Containment procedures were modified to incorporate Procedure 220 Calabasas. As records show that the sequence of events show an exponential increase in lethality, it can be extrapolated that failure of the final chain, SCP-2317-G, would result in an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. For this reason, every possible effort is to be made to ensure a successful Procedure 220 Calabasas. In the age after the great Yaren fell on the Day of Flowers, in the days before the Flood, there was a man who lived in the west of the world, in the region between two rivers, and his name was Adam. He was chief of his tribe, and was considered by all to be a fair and just ruler, wise in word and admirable in deed. His tribe was barefoot and dust-bitten, herding their humble flocks between the ancient monolith cities of the West. They were a hardy people, withstanding many trials and hardships, defeating mighty monsters and working glorious deeds in the name of the Almighty. When Adam was thirty-five years old, having reigned as chief of his tribe for fifteen years, he came upon a hidden valley which was fertile and abundant with life. His people, tired of their wanderings, asked that they remain there in the valley and live in peace and prosperity. And to this request, Adam agreed. 
Within the valley, amongst the many animals and fruiting plants that lived there, two trees stood in the center of the garden. These trees were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And they were watched by their twin guardians, the brother and sister who had stood guard since the time of the first children of Yasad, many ages before even the Yaren. The guardian of the tree of knowledge was Nahash, the serpent, who was later named the adversary, who kept watch over its secret power. He spoke of all the wonders that might be accomplished with the tree's power, and would test man's skill and spirit. The guardian of the tree of life was Hakama, the great voice, who was later named Sophia, kept watch over its gifts. She taught the proper use of knowledge and methods by which life might be extended through copper and bronze, and would speak often the directives of the Almighty. Here, Adam now reigned as chief among the people of the two trees. He interpreted the edicts of the voice for his people, and was gifted with the fruits of both, as was his wife, Hawa. The two bore three sons, whose names were Hevel, Cain, and Set. Hevel became the protector and champion of the people of the two trees, and carried with him the tumbling blade, which was both mercy and justice. He was a simple man who spoke little, but he was greatly skilled in combat, and he defended the valley and the people from the beasts and demons that wandered the desert. Kayan, his brother, was gifted in magic and storytelling, and became a great shaman. He would one day become chief of the tribe, and was held in high regard equal to his brother Hevel. Set was often forgotten by the passers of stories, for he was a humble man and never rose to the prominence of his brothers. He turned his mind away from martial glory and magical prowess, focusing instead upon the natural philosophies and the service of the poor. Now the serpent, who guarded the tree of knowledge and knew the secrets of deep magic, had looked to the east and saw in those regions a brewing shadow. A new power was rising within an ancient kingdom, a power that swallowed all in its path. Old gods had been uncovered, and all their terrible rites now knew public practice. Most horrible of all, the serpent saw the Scarlet King rising from the depths of the abyss, rising to consume all of creation. The serpent saw this and, frightened at how the Almighty could permit such a thing to exist, then acted of his own will. He wished to strike first, to cut down the shadow of the Davis before it could spread too far, to cut off the reaching hands of the Scarlet King before they could spread their foul influence further. The serpent approached Toa, for she was wiser than her husband and spoke to her of the dangers to the east, and of the greatest gifts of the Tree of Knowledge that might be used against the Devas. But she refused the gifts, for she could see the cost that would come of it. The serpent then spoke to Kayan, 
warning him of the shadow in the east, and revealing the secret knowledge to him, teaching him the most powerful magics and potent spells. He was to lead the march against the shadow in the east. This knowledge proved to be too great a burden for Kayan to bear. In truth, it would be too great a burden for many of the gods. Kayan's mind frayed under the strain of his hidden knowledge, and he lost that which he had once possessed, the eyes of a child and an uncovered spirit. He became withdrawn, eating little and sleeping less, and was filled with despair at the torment he now knew. His brother, Hevel, at the urging of their mother, Hoa, spoke to him on this. An argument broke out over innocent words, rising in intensity until, in a fit of rage, Kyan struck down his brother Hevel with a stone. Adam could not bear to see his second son killed. Kyan was banished from the valley, cursed, and left to wander in the desert. Hevel's spirit returned to his body after five days, for in those days, the perilous ways between the lands of the living and the lands of the dead could still be walked by the heroes of men. But his return was not met with rejoicing. He remained distant from his family and friends, and was of dark demeanor. The entire people, seeing their future chief banished and their champion now trapped by despair, and hearing rumors to the east of the Devas growing ever stronger and reaching ever further west, cried out in pain. When the shadow of the Davis could no longer be ignored, Hevel took up his sword and went east. There he fought the Davis for three and thirty years, until he was heard of no more. Set, too, made actions of his own, building mighty bulwarks and defenses around the valley out of Hakama's copper servants and raising from the people an army to defend their home. Years passed, and news of a great army from the east emerged. A final army. Sent out to conquer the entire west, and at its head was the Butcher, Avlashal, fiercest of the Devite generals, endowed with frightening strength and terrifying sorceries. Many of the people fled, scattering themselves to the wind and the mercy of the outside. Kayan, hearing of the doom that was to come to the people, returned to his home and was met there by the butcher. Here, Kayan saw with horror that Ablashal was in truth his brother, Hevel, who in vanity had sworn himself to the dark gods of the Devas and drunk deep of their black magics. Kayan once more took up a stone to slay his brother, and for this, Ablashal tore off his arms, first the right, and then the left. Ablashal then set upon the valley and the people with his legions and sorceries and war beasts, and all the might of the Devas was shown. The people were slaughtered, even the elder Adam and Hawa, Hakana, the voice who spoke for God was shattered, her body broken and looted, the tree of life stolen away, and the tree of knowledge set to flame. Nahash the serpent fled, first to the space tower at Babel, 
and later on to the library, where he remained in penance for his part in these things. The garden in the desert was reduced to ash, and those who were not killed were placed in chains, led back to the slave pits of the Davis. Set, forgotten by all, remained, protected by the last of his shattered defenses, and watched the ashes cool. He saw ahead the destruction of the world, and the victory of the Scarlet King looming as if clouds on the horizon. And he was greatly afraid. Set prayed for hope, and he was answered. He was shown the path the future would take. There was to be a flood, until such a time when the Scarlet King might truly be destroyed. A period of safety within Yesod, where magic was hidden, and the King was trapped in his hellish realms. The war would be fought in secret, until such secrecy was no longer needed. By the instructions set before him, Set gathered 36 men and women to him, and established of them an order, forever hidden. In absolute humility would they serve the world, passing their mantles from one generation to the next in secret, unknown even to themselves, until the end of all things. They would be the ones to set the world right. The thirty-six scattered to distant nations, and there they waited as doom came to Devon in the east. Ablashal had returned in triumph, but it was not to last. The part of him which was Hevel, who had played in the shadow of the trees, who had loved his brothers and protected his people, still lived in his blackened soul, and this drove him mad. He struck back against the devas whom had enslaved him, and with rage and fury cut down their idols and slaughtered their priest kings and brought ruin to their city. The god Moloch, the horned king crowned in shame, stood face to face with Hevelablashal, and he too was defeated, rendered a sickly shade of his own power. Elsewhere, the subjugated peoples of the world, who saw the end that was at hand, struck back at the Davis to sow the world with Davite blood. Hevel, son of Adam, who'd cast down the gods of Davon, raised his voice in challenge to the Scarlet King. And the Scarlet King answered him. Hevel, son of Adam, took up his sword, and the floodgates of the sky opened up with a flood that would wipe time itself clean. And in doing so, the Almighty called upon the world for the first time since the word was spoken. And the world was called upon to witness. This is the history of mankind, fourth and final child race of Earth, from the finding of the two trees to the flood. Further information on SCP-2317 is restricted to the Overseer Council. Logging you out. Thank you. Please enter command. Shutting down.
It is now safe to turn off your computer. SCP-2317 was written by Dr. Clef. This week's tale, Beneath Two Trees, was written by Dejoric. Our host and narrator is John Grills. SIP Net was played by Nicole Goodnight. And this week our tale was narrated by Addison Peacock. Our music was composed by Tom Rory Parsons. And I'm Pacific Obadiah, your editor and showrunner. Our producer is Tom Owen, and this is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com.